0: Church family, and it's good to be back to be able to do these podcasts. And it's been two months since I've done these things. I had to take a little hiatus and a little break, mainly because of all things that happened in December. And I went to uh, LA for my doctor in January, and you know, doing all the different diff- types of ministry things uh, that you know I need to allocate more time to those things. Uh, but it's good to finally be able to continue on the Book of Acts. Um, I think just for a way of bringing us up to speed if you've been listening to these things, this is a point of the book of Acts where we really just see Paul going through from trial after trial after trial uh when he left Ephesus, the people in uh, Ephesus didn't want him to go uh you know he knew uh, this the where God wanted him to go, he knew he was going to get persecuted, he knew he was going to be uh, attacked by the religious people he, he was going to be delivered to all of these different. Um, rulers that's going to hurt him and the people did not want him to go but he knew that this was god's uh, sovereign plan for him so he went so at first he gets persecuted by the jews in acts chapter 21 to 22 then he gets brought into uh the roman type of um persecution because they the jews realized they could not kill paul they didn't have the legal right to do it so then they try to make a false accusation against paul and all of this took a tremendous amount of time. I think sometimes, again, when we look at the books of Scripture, we think that that every trial only lasted maybe a few minutes. But these were years apart. These things took time and in between. And throughout these um, pages of Scripture, uh, some of the New Testament writers were, I mean, some of the epistles were written because Paul was in prison here. Uh, and he goes from one council to another. He gets death threats after death threats. He goes through trial after trial. In chapter 24, he goes through Felix, and the Felix, um, you know, they couldn't find anything wrong with him, so they kept him in prison, and we'll get to chapter 25. It's been two years since chapter 24, so Paul has been in prison this entire time. And uh, there was a new ruler, a new governor, Festus here. He's uh, here, as we've seen chapter 25, verse 1. Festus then, having arrived in the province three days later, went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. So he was there. Uh, just to kind of see what's going on, he gets this uh, wind of this person named Paul, and I think Festus here is trying his best to find a way to appease the Jews, and the results does not go the way that he wants. And I think in this portion, I do want to see what a faithful life in a government is like. Um, and I think kind of this is a lesson that kind of been recurring throughout these last several chapters because Paul didn't do anything wrong. He used every legal means to be able to uh you know exercise his rights uh for a, a fair trial uh so everything that he's doing is legal even though it seems rebellious he's like talking and appealing to caesar and everything um but he knew that this was his right as a roman citizen so as we go through this we understand that god is always going to be watching over believers uh even uh in times where it seems like uh it's very difficult so if I, uh Chapter 25, verse 2, And the chief priests and the leader, leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul, and they were urging him, pressing a concession against Paul, that he might have him brought to Jerusalem, at the same time setting an ambush to kill him on the way. So it's interesting that Luke, as he's writing all this, he's documenting really the heart attitude of what's going on with these Jews. And he, he's writing, he's probably around Paul, he's looking around um, just the evidence, and knowing, he knows that these people, uh, these Jewish people, want to kill Paul, he's trying to make up lies for it. uh you know, he's a relative new guy. He's just kind of inherited the position. He doesn't know what's going on, so uh, the Jews want him to go uh, to find out what's uh, uh, about this Paul person. He doesn't know anything about him, uh, so he's now going to hear what Paul, uh, what, what the Jews have against Paul. So verse 4. Festus then answered that Paul was being kept in custody at Caesarea, and he himself was about to leave shortly. Therefore, he said, let the influential men among you go there with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, let him let them prosecute him. So, again, this is God's providential protection. Festus had no idea. He said, "Oh, okay, just bring out whoever your, uh, your wisest Jewish leader. Uh, and we'll just uh, deal with this case right now. Uh, and this is the sense of reality here, that if if Paul uh, was guilty, then there should be proof. And if Festus needs the evidence, even though know, Festus was wasn't the most moral character, Helius was willing to abide by uh, the rules. Um, uh, and, you know, he's and, you know this is the reality of all politicians that they're always trying to find the middle ground. That's just how they operate. That's just how all politicians work. They want to appease everyone because they like the power that they have. And lifestyle that benefits him. So the best of is trying to do that. He wants to, he doesn't want to offend Caesar and he doesn't want to offend the Jews. So he's now in this middle point. So he's like, okay, how about we go and deal with this together? Uh, and I think again, this is uh, something that we need to learn about God's providential protection for those that are His. Uh, the only way that people can uh, go against us, if you are a faithful Christian, is if they make up a lie. Um, we live in a day and age where everything against Christianity seems to be uh, skewed towards uh, making Christians look like we hate people. I mean, um, if you ever uh, try to speak against the LGBTQ, it's considered hate speech, but it's not like this is a new teaching from the Christian church or from the scriptures. It's something that we've always taught. It's just that the the culture around us has gone so depraved that everything that we see seems like it's hate speech, but in reality, this is not new teaching. These aren't new things. It's just that people want to label something uh, as hate speech whenever they feel pressure and they can't find any legitimate thing outside of any actions that, that, that Christians are doing that are actually wrong. So they have to accuse them of something, label them as something in order to get um, people to discriminate against Christians. And that's what's going on here with Paul. You know, he, the, the, he They have no evidence against him, uh, but they're going to try to make up something so that um, they can get Paul killed. And ultimately, the reason why they do that is because they hate Jesus Christ. Verse 6, he had spent not more than eight or ten days among them. He went down to Caesarea, and on the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. After Paul arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many serious charges against him which they could not prove. And that's why I'm saying that people that hate Christianity, especially if you live a moral life, the only thing they could do is just come up with lies. Like they, they have to find something to get Christians out. Uh, and the only thing they can do is that they make up something. That's what's going on here. There's no evidence, um, and which means that this is this is just uh, this is like a a corruption if it was actually passed. And um, and people will always try and make lies uh, to accuse and offend believers. Verse eight, while well, Paul was in his own defense, I have committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. Uh so again Paul is just stating facts here. He's been here for two years, he's thought about this. He I don't think I think Paul when he in First Corinthians he said there's nothing that he could even accuse himself. And I think if you just look at the totality of so far, he didn't he Paul actually didn't do anything wrong. All he did was teach that the Gentiles can be saved and that uh the Jewish people they're not this. Uh, the the religious system is is tainted and corrupted, and the only way to salvation is Jesus Christ. And this is what got him in so much trouble. His faithfulness to Jesus is what got him uh, got religious leaders to work against him. And we live in a time where, uh, although the, they may claim that uh, there's no deity that they worship, but we know that any antagonistic group towards Christianity worships the devil, whatever. Even though they may claim claim to be agnostic or atheists, really they worship the lies of the devil and they will accuse Christians for things that they didn't do. They'll try to bear the use the weight of the law against christians and that's really the um the biggest threat I think in for us humans as we understand this life is the government the government is is the agents of God, but it can be corrupted in that way, and people can use. Government, because you know politicians are people too against the church, and really they're the only people that can that demand the death of Christians or persecution of Christians. Is it the government? Um, you know, the corrupt government. That, that's the only one in the human terms that we uh, that can actually hurt us. And that's what uh, the Jews understood. They understood this here that they they got the government. They got Festus to just you know say that uh, Paul was guilty, and they'll uh, they can get rid of Paul. And uh, and Paul is saying that there was nothing that he did wrong. Verse 9. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? And this is where, uh, you know, early on it said that if they would bring it up to Jerusalem, then they could get ambushed and kill him. So it's almost like Festus uh, is just kind of like, Oh, well, if you think you're really innocent, then yeah, well, you we go back to Jerusalem and, and stand and defend him. And I think there must be a sense where Paul understood what was going on, which is why Paul said in verse 10, Paul said, I am standing before Caesar tribunal, where I brought to, uh, where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I do not refuse to die. That's a very bold statement. Paul has his conscience so clear that he's like, if I did anything wrong, I deserve to die. And I wonder if this is the attitude that we have towards the government. You know, sometimes, especially even younger Christians now, they feel like rebellion against the government is, like, the cool thing to do. But, you know, that's not a worthy reason. And that's not even a faithful representative of what, what Christianity is. Romans 13 tells us that we need to submit to the government. You know, obviously there's an exceptional clause. Uh, meaning, if they tell us to deny Jesus or deny things from the Scripture, we choose not to bow down in those areas. But in every other facet, they tell us to, you know, pay our taxes or, you know, uh, honor the street light signs and whatever; those things are fine because these are government things that will check evil and to keep a society civil. But if Christians uh, choose to do all of those things that are just civil laws that are uh, that make themselves seem just pugnacious and a jerk, then they deserve to be persecuted. And I think sometimes Christians forget that we have this animosity towards the government because we feel that they're not doing the things that we like. You know, what you naturally happens when things happen is that like Christians sometimes act like the world in the way they react. And that's not right. Christians should always stand out in the, in the way that we uh, are holy to Scripture, holy to the Lord, separate from the world, and no one, uh, people should look at us as, as, as we react to things of the world differently. Uh, we don't react like the way um, the world reacts when things don't go our way. Because our sovereign trust is not in the system, but it's in the it's in the Lord. Um, and Paul here but you know, the same time, Paul here he, he's he's using his you know, his legal rights to defend himself. He's saying that, um if he did anything wrong he deserved to die, and continue on verse eleven. But if none of those things are is true, to which these men accuse me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. This is again Paul exercising his legal right and he's saying that no, I should go and and if I deserve to die, since the Romans are the only one that can uh sentence someone to death, then he should be the one that goes to Caesar. Now, Festus is under this uh, dilemma that he wants to appeal to the Jews, and he wants to honor the legal code. So what he does is just punts it, uh, verse 12. Then when Festus had conferred with his council, he answered, "You yeah, appeal to Caesar, to Caesar, you go. Uh, and what is fascinating about this is, is that in light of all the strange things that are going on, all the false trials, this passage here is really fulfillment of Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Remember in this chapter, Paul was imprisoned, um, and he was flogged. he was beaten, um, and he was. And people were hoping that he would die in prison, but the Lord uh, stood by his side and he said, I take courage, for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, you must witness at Rome also. So Paul here, Caesarea, is now finally going to go to where God has uh, told him to go, which is Rome, and, and, some, and God is going to use that unique opportunity for him to be a minister in Rome when he's in prison. And that's just something that we need to trust in light of all persecution, that God is ultimately in control. And however and wherever he moves us and wherever he brings us, this is a place where we can, the the, the safest place is not um, the legal code or anything like that, but our safest place is in God. And I wonder if this passage here Gave encouragement uh, uh, to Paul because he knew that he's going to go to Rome. He doesn't know how when he knew that because God said that he would get there, that he will eventually get there. And uh, now uh, with Festus trying to you know appeal to both parties here, sends uh, Paul to Rome. He is an instrument of God's plan. So even though the Jews think that they're trying to do God a favor or, or you know trying to keep their own power and even Festus trying to protect his own political means, every single one of them are just an instrument of the Lord. Uh, God's ultimate plan is going to be fulfilled, and it can be fulfilled even through wicked leaders, both secular and religious. And Paul is going to go to Rome, and, and because that's what Jesus said. And then I think Paul had this unwavering trust in the Lord, and that's why he was able to faithfully honor the Lord and faithfully um, uh, share the gospel, win people to Christ because he lived a holy life and he spoke the truth and he also trusts in God's promises. And I hope that that's with you as well, that you will be faithful um, that in, in in every area of your life, both in the civil and in the spiritual, uh, that you honor the, the government and the way that you live and and that if you were persecuted, that the people had to come up a, with, with a line or to accuse you uh, and that you will always trust in God's uh, providential rule, no matter how thing, how hard things would get. And it's because of that Paul is going to be sent to Rome, and we're going to see how God used him there. Thanks for listening to this. Again, it's been it's good to be back to be able to do this. Uh, I, I hope to be able to finish the book of Acts uh, soon, that we can continue on to the, the next passage or book in the Bible. And I hope that this is helpful for you. Take care and have a great day.